No, wait, no, shit. I have, I've not got biscuits. Can't start yet. Back in a sec. Biscuits. 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 And welcome to episode 86 of The Misanthropod. I'm Snipe, and as always, I'm joined by Wib. Say hello. Hello there. And I am also joined by Dramat. Say hello. Hello. How are you lovely gents today? I'm doing okay. I, I thought I woke up like 10 minutes ago, but apparently another half an hour has passed, so I've lost all concept of the passage of time. You How are you, You woke up Matt? about 41 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Uh, so how are you, Matt? Yeah, I'm I'm good, thanks. Have you two both recovered from the insaneness that was last weekend? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I, I, I nearly have, I think. I mean, physically and emotionally, like, on every oh, no. possible level. <laughs> I, I've still been processing, like, emotionally. <laughs> yeah. Because it was just so overwhelming. So I've just kind of been, like, you know, slowly getting back in the swing of things. But, a, but apart from uh, stream things, how are you? I'm fine. I'm pretty sore because my like my health instructor is a fucking demon. <laughs> I mean, like he's he's like a really cool guy, but fuck, <laughs> he made me like okay. So I'll, I'll get into it more, but I'll just say planking. Oh okay. Ooh. Have you done it in fun places? That's the best bit about planking. That's no, that's a different thing. <laughs> why, why did you think my fitness instructor would make me go and plank on like cars or something? Just to mix it up, you know. Exercise no. is bo- fundamentally boring, so. <laughs> oh god, like I wouldn't want to give him ideas. He'd fucking do it. He'd be like, climb on the top of that street sign and plank, and I'd have to fucking do it. <laughs> Because I can't ignore my fitness instructor. <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, I'm alright. Good. Alright, but yeah, uh, speaking of the stream, we did the Mind Out stream last Saturday. Yes. To Sunday, which was a 24-hour charity yeah. stream. Yeah, you for... can't even just say on, we did this thing on Saturday, because that's not true. No. <laughs> no. We started 4pm yeah. Saturday evening, and we finished 4pm we absolutely Sun- didn't. Yeah. We finished at 5pm. Oh, no, we finished at 5pm. It was 25 hours. Yeah, you streamed from August till September. It's fine. Yeah, it was, it was pretty <laughs> fucking hardcore, but no one else can say that. We're the best charity streamers. <laughs> Fuck all of y'all. But yeah, and uh, that was all proceeds of that stream went to Mind Out, a uh, British uh, LGBTQ plus mental health charity. Yeah. Yeah. Which do great work, and we managed to raise like three thousand four hundred quid after PayPal conversion fees and all and all that shit. And we've in a month we're gonna get all the twits and uh, all the Twitch subs and bits in. So we'll be doing another like I think it's about a hundred two hundred dollars mm. from that as well. And some people donated directly to Mind Out, and a few people through, donated directly, which is just. It was incredible. <laughs> like we we didn't think we get 
we thought at an absolute stretch we'd probably get like $1,000, which, you know, honestly, anything for charity is good. So we were like, okay, that's cool. So we set the first uh, target to $200. We hit that before we started playing video games. <laughs> it was so emotionally overwhelming at the amount of generosity and positivity we were just basically sandblasted with for 25 hours. It was amazing. And I wish I could articulate just how emotionally impactful that was. But I'm just like, there. It so was, take it, that what you will. It was a lot. As I say, thank you to everybody that, you know, um, A, uh, showed up and uh, helped us out with the stream because uh, we had a bunch of guests in, um, including you, Matt, for a brief time. Uh, yes. Yeah, various brief times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we had various people in and also a big thank you to everyone that tuned in and donated um, and everything because, yeah, it was, uh, a com- I think it's safe to say, a complete success. Apart from that one time, one of your action figures, Snipe, <laughs> fell off the desk and knocked the power cable, so it just fell out the computer like an hour later. It was just soap reminding me of that part from Modern Warfare 3, so I could just relive it and cry. <laughs> so yeah, soap has been banished to the 40k bookshelf, because he can't behave. I saw it for something fall off. At some point while I was watching, but then that didn't damage the computer. So did he, did he put it back and it fell off again? No, what happened was he, as he fell off, because like there's a little bit of gap between the desk and the back of the wall. And he fell off backwards and he smacked the power cable, making it a bit loose. Okay. So I must have like knocked one of the cables with my foot and it was just right, resting okay. on a hair. And then it just shut down. Oh, and we were no. like... What? What? Soap! <laughs> yeah, it was a handful of hours into the stream, which does mean that I'm not entirely sure how to, like, put the VOD on YouTube. Well, you put, like, the first part on, and go part one, um, Do cut you... off by technical difficulties, and then part two, full. Yeah, but but you know that having uh, one video that's, like, three hours long and one that's over 20 hours long is inherently aggravating. I don't care. I, I'll I'll do it. It's fine. It's fine. I don't care. If you edit it... them together, how long would that would like a twenty six hour video take to render? <laughs> well, uh, a, a standard Codex compliant takes like an hour and a half, maybe longer, <laughs> and that's like ten, twelve minutes. So yeah. you figure it out. In, in fairness, uh, it takes about half that to render a Codex compliant, but Codex compliant is infinitely more complex and higher res and higher frame rate. So yeah, I guess. But still, <laughs> it and, and then then there's the suffering of using YouTube's like inbuilt video editor. Oh no, we ain't doing that. <laughs> ain't going near that kind of thing. <laughs> it's the worst. But yeah, no, um, it was a rollicking success, and we're going to be doing, trying to basically do one of those annually, because it's just a really cool thing to do, and we can do it, so we're... Well, that's cool, that means you get to, like, pick a new charity each time or whatever, and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. cool. Oh, amazing. And we get to, because, like, we kind of rushed this one a little bit, because we were, like, we've been putting it off and putting it off, because, like, even before H-Bomber Guy's, like, charity stream, we were, we were going to do that... If, which sounds like, oh yeah, then H-Bomb came out and just blew charity out and just won charity forever <laughs> with his like, three like $350,000. Yeah. 
It's like, but yeah, so it's like, we've been wanting to do it for a while, so we were just like, you know what, fuck it, we'll pick a date and we'll just do it. And then we were like, oh shit. We've got to decide on a lot of things now. in four days. (laughs) Ah. So now we've kind of got, like, we've got some experience under our belt. So, you know, we've got some ideas about what the next one's going to entail. Like, if we're just going to be sticking to one game or, or like, one particular challenge or, or whatever. And, yeah. Then, more importantly, we'll do it a few hours later, or a few hours, a few months later in the year, so that we don't slowly melt in the heat. Preferably. Uh, because it turns out the very end of August can still be quite warm. <laughs> and I think, I think that added to the whole sort of your lack of sleep and overheatingness. I think it added to the whole experience, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, as a viewer, (laughs) sure, that sounds amazing. But as someone who had to live it, it was a bit uncomfortable. I'm just glad it wasn't mid-mid-August, because if so, then there would have just been a fine sheen of sweat on us the whole time, which... (laughs) We would have looked like Herkness Dragonblade. Yeah, it would not have been good. It would not have been good. But no, it was it was pretty amazing, pretty intense. And if you would like to uh, chip in uh, some more, because you missed it, or, or what have you, to the charity, uh, if you go to mindout.org.uk, uh, they have a big donate button there, uh, which works, we know, because we put three and a half grand in it. Yeah. So uh, it best work, because otherwise <laughs> something's gone very wrong. The funniest thing was we were expecting our bank, our bank to basically, like, shut down our account. To say, this is not usual spending, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, but this is the thing. So, like, of all the times we've had our accounts frozen for quote-unquote unusual spending, it's not because we spent, like, a huge amount of money on, say, getting a new machine. But, yeah, like, you know, other times, say, like, we've bought, like, stuff for the computer or, like, you know, we've had a big spend. Everything's fine. Because I remember, like, having a big spend on, like, computer component, computer components and then, like... Like, the next week, WoW took money out, and they froze their accounts for suspicious activity. And it's like, I've literally, I've been paying for WoW monthly for, like, four years? How is this suddenly suspicious? It was it was so fucking strange. Yeah, the fact that our bankers consistently uh, froze us out because of a reoccurring WoW subscription, <laughs> yet three and a half grand spent on a charity out of nowhere is apparently normal activity. Yeah. I, I'm beginning to think their automated system might be a bit toss. Yeah, but I mean, who cares? Yeah, it's... Uh, still, still emotionally kind of frazzled about it in a good way. Yeah, no, but it was yeah. it was good, and um, it was also uh, fun that we got a, a handful of bits of fan art, especially of skinless, <laughs> skinless, skinless the undying, uh, because we played a game of forty k over tabletop simulator, which was me against Zoran the Bear with Alpha Busa and our friend Unity um, as secondary like little characters on the sidelines who would occasionally get involved uh alpha booster's character was a ratling who was he more had, of he had a, a bunch of ratlings yeah yeah he was more of a skaven than a ratling the, the model that was used um but he got shot by a titan and lost all of his skin um and so <laughs> the, he, he didn't the die survivor he didn't yeah. die well i mean he did technically but we <laughs> gave him one back that had no skin yeah um so and, he's not fully yeah. fluffy, but yeah. The legend of Skinless was born. Someone wrote up stats for him. Yeah, there's, there's stats and <laughs> there's art. There's fan art. It's, it's, it's amazing. The person who did the stats also made a model for him and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, 
it is a thing. It was and amazing. That's fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, drawing this game was that was when I first entered, and I entered and then just got instantly. Well, for slight first, overwhelmed to say anything because there was all these other people talking, and I was just like, "Oh, there's lots of people watching. This is weird." But my main reason for not talking is because, so everyone playing the game was talking to each other, and they could hear each other live, like not through the stream, so there was no delay. But they could also see tabletop simulator with no delay. Yeah. Everyone watching the stream could see the video and audio with a slight delay, but they were in sync with each other. But I was listening to the live audio, but with the delayed video. And it yeah. was just fucking with my brain so much, I just could not deal with it. Because you'd like celebrate getting a roll or something, but you hadn't picked up the dice yet. And I was just like... <laughs> oh, dude. So my main reason for not talking to the start was because my brain was trying to deal with whatever the fuck was happening. I'm sorry, we, we made you feel temporarily displaced. Yeah, it was a bit weird. I, I thought I had like, you know, half privilege because I could listen to the... the, the the live audio but it just it wasn't worth it (laughs) (laughs) anyway aside from the stream web what have you been up to in the last few weeks um i mean a few things uh i did want to mention a few uh, games that we played on stream i didn't want to talk about no no aside from the stream not allowed no no i absolutely have to because otherwise i've done nothing (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i mean fair fair. Uh, yeah fair um, just a couple of things, because we did um, finally, or I did anyway, finally play the uh, Dawn of War Ultimate Apocalypse mod briefly on stream. I have never heard of that before. Uh, because there oh, is well. a reoccurring joke that whenever someone mentions the Ultimate Apocalypse mod, we will not play it and we will add three months to the counter of how long it will be till we will play it. Uh, because we got asked so much about it that we started to get a little bit pissy about it. Um, <laughs> no, you guys pissy about something. Nah, nah, I've never been pissy about anything. <laughs> Not in my life. Um, but yeah, so I finally, uh, finally played it and uh, I encountered a strange phenomenon that is after literally years of people begging us to play it, the moment I actually play it, the general reaction of people is like, yeah, the mod's all right. <laughs> It's like, okay, I thought this was like, I, I, that was kind of my response to it. Like, you know, no, no shade because the people that made it, it's a mod. Like, they did phenomenal, like, really, you know, making all this stuff work together. But, like, it's not really my thing. And I expected, I don't know, because of how much people have, like, you know, bigged it up over the years, I assumed that the response when playing it would be slightly more than... Yeah, it's a bit unbalanced, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just really weird. It was like, oh, hey, just being bombarded with this, you should play this for literally years of your life. And then it just been, eh. <laughs> so, okay. Um, it's also a right pain in the ass to install. It, it's like three or four separate mods that you have to kind of install together. And it takes so long to load that you think it's broken. <laughs> it's it's a whole thing. Um, but I can see why people like it. If you don't know, Ultimate Apocalypse basically adds a crap load of new units, including like Apocalypse level uh, units to the game, hence Ultimate Apocalypse. So you can build Gargants and Titans and the like. Um, I've only played so far as the Orcs and Tyranids. Because uh, I played Tyranids in a uh, test game, um, which is funny because 
uh, the people that made the original Dawn of War straight up said the reason why Tyranids are the only main faction who are not in the original Dawn of War by the end of all the expansions because the engine couldn't take it. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny that mod makers went, yeah, but that's what? And it's then just did like it. It's like mod makers like, can achieve a lot more because they don't have any fucking overhead. Yeah. Or, you know, bullshit to deal with or profits to focus on. What I can assume is that when the devs said that, they what they actually meant was that how they would choose to build Tyranids would not be possible in the engine. And that they would do something slightly slightly different with them than what the mod makers did. Would be my assumption. Um, you right there? Yeah. What? <laughs> You're just fiddling with your watch. So I was just like, yeah. what's going on? I was, uh, <laughs> okay. Sorry, it was I didn't inherently realize dist- you were just like, oh, she's playing with her watch. Like, yeah. I know. Just he just threw me off. So suddenly looking, looking, looking down, and it's, it's got whizzy graphics on it and stuff. Whizzy graphic? What? It was showing like a heart rate thing. Yeah, it's showing me my heart rate, and like, you can see it's increasing because I'm getting confused and angry with you. <laughs> I started at fifty-four. Now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Sixty-nine. Nice. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I'll move. I can't believe that flashing lights can distract you so easily. They can when I don't know what they are. It's like that, that thing's got like bright green flashy LEDs on the bottom of it. Yeah, that's rad. That's that's what it does to test my heart rate. And yeah. Stuff. Um, but I didn't know that, and you left it on the table, and it started <laughs> flashing. So suddenly, on the table, there was this fucking strobe of green light. <laughs> As I, as I turn around and it blinds me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, good. It likes you. <laughs> oh, he wants to be friends. Anyway, I'll get back to stuff that's actually yeah. supposed to be in the podcast. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, played it finally. So hopefully no one will ever mention it to us ever again. Um, My guess is within four days of this podcast being released, someone will mention it. <laughs> Someone will innocently mention it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. haven't even listened. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, I remember on, like, this happens quite a lot on, well, b- when we were still doing Sniping with Plays, which technically we still apparently are, whoops. Um, <laughs> where, say, we played something like Hatterful Boyfriend, and we played it like a good, good few years ago. And then we'd play something like four years after that, and. And someone in the comments will be like, hey, if you liked this, you should try Haddowful Boyfriend. And it's like, yeah, probably should. Yep. 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 And in fairness, uh, I can't really blame uh, the average well, person well, like, for not having an encyclopedic knowledge of everything we've no, played. No, that's fair. But then I like, don't remember everything we've played. Yeah, but then you get like some people going like, oh, Snipe, have you played Blood? I, I think you might really like it. And I'm like, <laughs> are you new here? Obviously, yes. <laughs> It's cute. I am joking. I'm just like, oh. Um, the other thing I'll mention from the stream in terms of things that were played was I played through the entirety of Clive Barker's Jericho. <laughs> so That fucking game. So for people who do not know the backstory, because we've brought it up a few times, but not in a while. Uh, Clive Barker's Jericho is um, a very bad video game. <laughs> and it is the video game that is partially responsible for us getting into YouTube. Because although we never did anything with it on the channel, one of the reasons why we wanted to get into making videos was 
to basically tear that game apart. Now, we don't really do that anymore, um, but it's still got this kind of lingering legacy for us. Because this horrible, acrid aftertaste. Because it is, like, because I, I don't know, I try and be way more positive these days about stuff. There I, is nothing positive about Clive Barker's Jericho. But it's actually a game that I am. I find it impossible to be positive about because basically everything in it is terrible. <laughs> and it finds new and interesting ways to be terrible when you come back to it. Um, and, so, and so, yeah, as part of the stream, said we'd play through the whole thing. Um, which was, was a probably, mistake. probably a mistake because boy howdy is that game just as bad as I remember <laughs> uh, I was wondering if like having gone through uh, personal growth uh, yeah. in the intervening time since last playing it I would not hate it quite as much and I mean I don't like like hate it hate it like I, I but I, I did just play through it and go yeah basically everything I'd ever said about this is still accurate <laughs> Like, I, a few years back, I tried to finally put together a script um, for a review of it, and I got to, like, four pages, which is about ten minutes worth, um, before I'd got past the intro of the game. <laughs> he, he was ripping at that fucking hard. And it's for good reason, because, like, every, like, ten seconds, something unimaginably stupid happens. And not even in a funny way, just in a annoying or insulting your intelligence way or uh. like just just for um so I won't, I, I won't start like listing all of the game's failures because but, honestly I, I refuse to edit a 47 hour podcast yeah. just accept that basically every level of the game has something that is fundamentally broken in it um but a good example of the 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 problems with the game is that your team uh, consists of, I think, six people. I don't know, I don't pay attention to a lot of them. Um, <laughs> well, most of them are just, like, black guy, girl with learning disabilities, tit ninja, giant guy with crystal on his arm who is angry all the time, S- like, a sniper that they keep making fun of for being gay, and then there's the priest who's fucked everybody in Prague. That may be a little bit of a headcanon. No. Also, he dresses. He dresses like a Matrix Nazi. He kind of does. The optics on his outfit are not great. No, that should have gone like a couple of times more through character design I... because fucking hell, yeah. he's got he's got a big long black cloak, cloak coat, cloak like leather cloak with Ew. a fucking red armband, and it's just like Ooh, what were you? Okay. Oh no! In, in fantasy, he has two red armbands. He's he's a double Nazi. Oh, okay. Double Nazi. <laughs> Everyone in Prague. Uh, no, it's who yeah. has a really bad Southern American accent. Yeah, the, and it, then there's Steve Bloom, who is just Steve Bloom because possesses always, people. He possesses people because he's Steve Bloom. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah, because you have this like really big team, even the most basic enemies in the game have to be bullet sponges because you always have so many people on the field. So it means that at no point in the game do your weapons feel powerful or satisfying. Like, the only, the most effective weapon in the game is the sniper's underslung grenade launcher. Because that's something which she a sniper has. a grenade launcher. Yeah, that's... It's crazy. Yeah, that's, that makes, that makes yeah. sense. That's what snipers need. 
And that's basically yep. the only weapon in the game that is worth a damn. The rest of them are just kind of pea shooters. And yeah. Um, but should uh, should um, Clyde Barker's Jericho ever end up in your sort of space for you to play it? We I apologize would, and wish you the best. I would recommend that you do not. A second <laughs> full playthrough of it did not make it any better. Um, <laughs> but if you must play it, play it on easy because the awful, awful boss fights that do not communicate how to beat them, you can at least work out how to do them slowly whilst getting, like, slowly pelted with things, as opposed to repeatedly dying. And having beaten it on normal previously, it is... you are not going to feel any more satisfied having done so. So if you must play it, play it on easy. Or don't play it at all. It's actually kind of hard to play now because you have to go buy it um, physically because you can't buy it on Steam anymore. It's been unlisted as far as I'm aware. <laughs> for good reason. Shock horror. For good reason. It's been unlisted for the public safety. Yeah. <laughs> um, but apart from them video games played on stream, I have watched a couple of things. Uh, so I've carried on watching uh, new Doctor Who. So oh, I yes. am really far... Th- I'm, I'm very far through the Matt Smith series now. I'm into series seven um, oh, can I, I be honest? Yeah. Like, I, he's been watching that while I've been, like, on the computer or whatever, and some of the fucking writing in that is so... I hate using this word, but cringeworthy. Like, they're talking to some woman who's, like, from the future or something, and the doctor's cranky at her, and he's like, oh, this is gonna happen. She goes, <laughs> Spoilers! And I was like, oh, fucking kill me. That is Dr. River Song. And, um... I hate it. Yeah. Well, like, I'm... It's just... And then, like, the doctor every five minutes turns around and has to give a speech about how he's the doctor and he's so cool and his dick is just too big. And it's so fucking annoying to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, um... You don't don't even have anything. You're just like, no, yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. (laughs) Like, I... Like, when you watch it in its totality, these individual elements are not as all-encompassing as it appears to you. But also, yes, I also hate them. Okay. <laughs> so, Glad it's not just me. No, um, I, because when I last spoke, I had basically watched, like, one episode of the Moffat era. Because obviously Stephen Moffat took over as showrunner uh, after the David Tennant run. He had written multiple episodes um, in the previous runs. Um, some some were good, some bad, you know, like any any other writer, ups and downs. Um, but now he's a showrunner, and yeah, well, I say now, he's stopped now. Um, Chris Chibnall, I think, took over. Um, but, um, yeah, a lot of the complaints I'd heard about Stephen Moffat's run, I was watching it, like, wanting to enjoy it, because I've been really enjoying the David Tennant run, and just over time it was just wearing me down. Because, like, so there's good things, because the show took on a more cinematic kind of tone. Like, it got a little bit less kind of goofy TV, and in sort of the actual uh, presentation of the stories, but the look of it started to be more kind of filmed cinematically, for want of a better term. And it makes the serious stories uh, have a lot more weight to them because of it. And the music had improved. Like, all, all those little things had, had kind of improved to make the show what it should be kind of stronger. 
But the downside is, is that with that tone, it was a lot harder for them to just have fun episodes because inherently it was structured to be a little bit more serious. So it means that they couldn't pull off the goofiness quite as well. Hmm. And it's like, eh. I mean, it's fine. There's many eras of Doctor Who, like, you know, um, third Doctor era is significantly more serious than second Doctor era for just a random example. Like, that's, it's just been the kind of thing, but, like, just, it, it sort of took a little bit of the whimsy and fun out of the show for me. And, yeah, uh, the writing's just kind of, like, the overall writing of, like, the kind of structure is just fucking terrible <laughs> at times. Like, <laughs> everything is this big, important thing. Like, ah, oh, yes, silence must fall when the question is answered. And it's all asked. All and it's like, stop... Stop late. Not everything has to be important. Sometimes the doctor can just go somewhere and it's just a fun little romp. No, because sometimes he goes to the Burger King and then it's a Dalek front and the little Daleks are wearing hairnets and then they're just, they're like, oh, the doctor's not very good. And then the doctor has to like burst into this 27 minute spiel about how he's a doctor and he's got, he's like, he's the coolest dude in the whole universe and stuff. That is a remarkably accurate description of your average. Like Stephen Moffat era episode of Doctor he Who. He goes, he goes <laughs> to the shops. There's a Dalek yeah. there, <laughs> and it's this big front for this world-ending bullshit to do with like cow's milk and cheese. And the Doctor's like, "Hey, check out how good I am at sex." And then the Daleks explode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying um, is, BBC needs to fucking hire me because I'm a better writer than Stephen Moffat. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's not like every episode is, like, directly connected to the bigger story, but, like, whenever they do try and connect it, they always make everything out to be this biggest deal. Like, so there's there's an episode that I completely forget what it's called, but it's the uh, Assault on Demons Run. Um, that, to be fair, that is a fucking badass name. Where the, but so, so the theme of the episode is that the Doctor has to, like, gather to get, pull, you know, pull in loads of favours that he's uh, he's earned over the years to, like, get this... This this hardcore team of people together to go and storm this place to be able to to gather you know to to get someone who's close to him has been kidnapped. I don't want to give away like explicit spoilers. Um, and it's like okay, that's a cool idea because then you could like because you've got the entire span of Doctor Who history to pull characters from, so you could go back to old Who of like characters that owed him something that would be useful to storm this space like, military base. Um, you could do something really cool with that, but instead they just don't. Uh, <laughs> and most of the characters that he summons are people that you have never, ever seen before. So it's like, well, it's cool. I mean, you can say that, oh, that's fun because it's showing um, things from adventures that we haven't seen yet or what have you, but it's like... Also, it just undermines the whole premise. And then there's, like, this big spiel about how... This will be his grandest moment and his greatest fall. And then you learn what what it entails and you go, I mean, neither of those are true. <laughs> it's, it's just a thing that happens and it's not particularly grand what the, the, the point that's like really bad about it. It's just like, eh... And I don't want to give away what the question that they talk about is, but when you learn it, you go, oh, fuck off. That was like a couple of seasons of dragging you around by the dick to just make a fucking 
dumb reference. I thought we said just to make a dick joke, which I would be okay with, actually. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. It's, it's, it's a weird thing, actually. Um, so, like, talking about the reference thing, uh, they have a, a weird um, thing in this run of... So, you know how the show's called Doctor Who, but the Doctor's just called The Doctor? Mm-hmm. And it's actually incredibly rare that the term Doctor Who ever gets dropped in canon. Yeah. See, I'd be like... Oh, like who, who? What are you doing in here? Well, I'm the Doctor. The Doctor Who. Yeah, that, ah! that has occa- that is occasionally done in Classic. the in the series. Uh, just as a little, yeah. Whereas I don't know, I don't know if it's just me noticing it more, but this seems to get done way more in the Moffat era for some reason. Because it's in case you forget what show you're watching. I don't know. I think <laughs> I, I, as I put on Twitter that my problem with this run is because I mean, there's good episodes and there's bad episodes. That's fine, but. I just wish the writing was as smart as it thinks it is. Because when it tries to do these big elaborate twists, my reaction has always been, well, I already guessed that. Or, I mean, sure, but whatever. Like, I've never been like, oh, wow, that was that was a really interesting turnaround. It's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> it, but it like dresses it up as if it's... Really cool and smart. And I know it's, you know, Doctor Who is fundamentally made for kids. Like, um, but I don't know. Doctor Who used to be better, so it's not really <laughs> I mean, an excuse. You, you, you can't just say, oh, it's for kids, it's allowed to be shit because. Oh, yeah, well, you know. Like, just because. I meant kids, to, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm saying that a lot of people use that as a defense yeah, for I, something I, I, being d- poor. To clarify what I mean, what I meant by that was that. I, I that um, something that is written for kids is not necessarily going to enthrall and engage me as an adult quite as much. No, that's a, that is a fair um, point. That is a fair point. Like, I mean, Teletubbies has just fucking gone so far downhill. Oh yeah, I know. Don't get uh, me fucking started. <laughs> like, what was with the Tubby Custard arc? That was a waste of everybody's fucking. You do realise Teletubbies probably hasn't been on TV for at least like. 18 years. Don't care, I'm old! My <laughs> reference my, my, my reference material is very limited. <laughs> Last time I saw it was my brother was, oh fuck, my brother's like got two kids now, so it's been a while. <laughs> I think, I think, my, I think our, our nephew James, I think he has like a Teletubby toy. Probably. I think he has the same one that my brother really liked, which was Poe. Poe. Which is the small, cute, well, red one. Okay. That ha- I think that was that the, the one circle? With the the, the circle, yeah. They, they had the Why little scooter. Well, you presumably had like young relatives at some point. <laughs> presumably. Presumably. I mean, I don't like to, you know, assume or anything, but. Uh... <laughs> and what we really should be talking about is the discourse between the Teletubby fans and the Tweenies fans. Okay, Ooh. I'm gonna stop you right there. Like seriously, the Tweenies is fucking shit, and it made me genuinely angry because all of them were stupid snot-nosed brats, and I hated them. It was like fucking. I fucking hate the Tweenies too. So, well, no, <laughs> my I... little brother, one of my like, my little brothers, um, watched it, and man, I fucking hate that show. Like well, you know, I mean... you, you know how you kind of deal with kid shows when you. Like some of some of them, you actually kind of like enjoy, especially when they get a bit older. Yeah. But like the real kind of preschool sort of shows, some of them are like just innocent. But every now and again, there'll be one that you just viscerally hate. It was just a bunch of bratty, like demanding, entitled, like quote unquote children, like just being bratty and demanding and douchey, mm. and it just made me super angry. And I was just like, all of these characters are dicks. 
I hate them. Yeah, I had that. I think the idea was to make them be like, you know, real kids and then have them learn. Nobody likes real kids. <laughs> Not even kids like real kids. Kids suck. Oh my goodness. But um Toddlers just... are great. They're like they will literally like like they will literally like basically let me fish for them for like an hour and think it's the funniest thing in the world. That's a very specific uh when we went to see my brother and his girlfriend and the kids the other day, um, he he basically because he's three now and he, he he brings out this like bag of like magnetic fishing kind of thing. So like all these little fish have like little screws in their mouth. So you know, at the end of the fishing rod's got like a little magnet. And like he was catching like we were catching fish together, and then I went to bite one of the fish and steal it, and he just thought this was the funniest fucking shit I've ever seen. So he put his fishing rod away and told me that I had to go fishing. And then I'd be like, oh, look, I'm fishing. Oh, I've got one. Oh, it's a jellyfish. And then he'd run up, run up bite it off my law, and then just run away with it. And then I'd have to, like, do this big performative, like, oh, traitor. I've been thief. And, like, he was honestly so fucking entertained. It was great. <laughs> it made me feel like a comedic powerhouse, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> um. Sorry, I'm just so proud of myself for being really cool with fishing and making up <laughs> dinosaur lore because he likes my New York dinosaur death noises that I do. Okay, as much as I want you to explain that, we are getting so far <laughs> into like a tangent of a tangent of a tangent. And That's I'd really why like, I'm here. And I'd really like to get back to the point of the podcast for a no second. No one can ever... Okay, like, <laughs> like, comment, subscribe if you want to hear the dino like New Yorker. That's, see, this is why people are here. They're like, finally, after years of waiting, it's time to listen to the story. Anyway, so about Doctor Who. Ugh. Um, Again, I still think my playtime with my nephew is way better written than fucking Moffat stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still watching through it, and um, because I'm at season seven now, so I might as well get to the end of it now. I've spent so much time uh, getting through it. And it's also interesting to see how it changes over time, and I want to get to see how Matt Smith's run kind of... Um, plays out because when he's I have one more complaint what the theme tune is balls I don't like it they've changed it a little bit and therefore it's the worst thing in the world <laughs> and I could I, literally just they shit change it a little bit like every season don't they they do yeah yeah but the yeah. tenant one's the best so just saying <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I do it it is don't at me. it is quite distinctly different uh, it changes a fair bit into uh, Matt Smith's run and I I can understand you not liking it. Um, Mainly because I don't like it. Yeah, um, because it's a subjective <laughs> thing and you're allowed to not like it. Yeah, no, it just, um, it just feels like it doesn't go in the right direction. But that's just, again, I am being hyperbolic and I don't actually care. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I, I do think Matt Smith does make a good doctor when he's not being made into... Like some moments early on where he he's just really shouty and angry, and it's like in not a fun way. It's just you like, like me. Eh. Um, but once I kind of get a handle on him, I actually kind of I do think he does make quite a decent Doctor. It's just he doesn't have the scripts that sort of allows him to be as good as he could be. However, I will say the show did manage to do something that I never thought would happen. Uh, which is that it introduced a character played by James Corden that I actually enjoyed watching. So yeah, weird, right? Yeah. 
because no ill will to James Corden. I don't know what he's like personally. I know nothing about the man, but um, his work, um, his comedic acting, I find about as funny as I don't know some kind of um, medieval pl- like plague or something, like uh, something deaths of millions. That's that's around the level of comedy Oof. I find from his his particular performances. However. In this, for some reason, I totally enjoyed his character. It was he was actually like believable, relatable. I enjoyed him being on screen, and when he comes back for another episode, I was like, "Good, I enjoyed that character. That was nice." Um, so yeah, well, it sounds like a very well written character. To be fair, and that's the thing; it's not like the the show's Which entirely you know, credit where credits due. Yeah, it's not like the um, entire entire show is bad now or anything. Like it has good episodes. There are. Moments where it's it's got that same kind of like adventure, uh, kind of like, like a fun family adventure thing that um, the tenant run had. Um, yeah, obviously, barring the last two episodes, the tenant run we talked about last time. Um, but but you know, um, just overall, the quality has, has whilst the quality of production has gone up, the quality of the episodes has gone down significantly. However, I will agree with everyone else. The Vincent Van Gogh episode is I was a, fantastic. I was about to say, I can't remember what, what series that's in, but but that's yeah. Have you got to that one yet? Because that's an yes. amazing episode, and it is fantastic. <laughs> it's is ridiculous. Re- like, it's like, it's, were you crying at the end of it? Or? <laughs> uh, no, I'm broken inside. Uh, so. uh, fair, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I I, uh, I I have tr- I have trouble um, uh, being uh, emotionally vulnerable with media. Uh, it is a thing I I am working on. <laughs> so, doing very right. well. Um, but but yeah no that episode is is beautiful. Um, mm. It's really it, it's wholesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just and ridiculous. also kind of presents things in a really kind of nice way and a very believable way and an empathetic way. And it was like yeah no that's that's nice I enjoyed that one um, and that's sort of the proof that the show and I don't think that would have worked in the old show that's about the change in tone mm, okay that's interesting I, I think that the show like I don't think that episode would have had the weight to pull off the emotional moments mm, okay with the David Tennant run because of the change because of this the slightly more like um, serious tone of the show like this this more takes things seriously tone allowed them to be a bit more sincere about it. Um, and I think that's one instance where it absolutely played out like really well. Um, Cause as I say, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit there and say everything Moffat ever did is terrible. Fuck him. He's, he's awful. Don't even like blink. What's wrong with him? Um, because it's not that it's just that it's it, it, the show. I, I, I've, I, cause I've not seen any, uh, I'd only I'd seen like one episode of the Matt Smith's uh, Matt Smith's run, and which was fine. I can't even remember which episode it was. Um, but yeah, it was just huh, okay. Um, yeah, it can be good, but often it's bad. But when it's good, it's really good. So eh, it's weird. Um, but apart from that, I have uh, one one little thing. Uh, other little thing to mention is that I have started watching the new Dark Crystal series. Oh yeah, Netflix really has been good like jamming it down my eyeballs recently. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, I don't know if you, have you seen the Dark Crystal. No. Okay, so the Dark yeah, Crystal yeah. was a passion project by Jim Henson that 
sort of failed because even though it was this beautifully realized world with these imaginative characters and engaging and and, uh, and, and these really fun looking things and everything uh, the actual story was a bit toss uh, <laughs> and it sort of is a bit meandering and hard to really care about or follow um so it didn't do so well which you know obviously wasn't super great for um for Jim because you know it was a big passion project that he spent a long time working on there's a very very good series on his kind of life and work by a youtube channel called the funkland where he did this whole thing of Jim Henson's sort of career and a, you know a fair bit is mentioned in the dark crystal in that so go watch that it it will summarize those events uh, far better than i can and <laughs> um gets all all feelsy uh, so yeah but but this is a now I, I've gone into this like completely sight unseen, so I didn't even know like what medium it was in. I didn't know if it was like all, all of the monsters were going to be three D animated or if it was going to be fully live action, like they were going to replace all the puppets because it was you know Jim Henson, it was all puppets. Whether they were going to replace the puppets mostly with people, like I didn't know. So I go into it not even knowing if it's like a prequel, a remake, or a sequel or anything. And I kind of work out that it's a prequel, um, and eventually get that confirmed for me when I double-checked some like voice actors and things. But they have basically done everything at, basically as if the movie was made now. So it's all still puppets, but they just swap bits out for CGI whenever it's necessary, because it'd be something that would be impossible to do with the puppets. Or to add effects to the puppets. So like you'll see the Skeksis, which is these big bird-looking things that I've heard it's said that um, Zinch Lords of Change are based on. And what? Yeah, I <laughs> think like that's... Like ugly birdmen with yeah. teeth? No. I, I, I think that's less <laughs> speculation and more... Yeah, no, they just did. Um, <laughs> but, like, so they'll animate their tongues with CGI occasionally, so, like, you'll see their tongues move around more naturally than just the rubber tongs normally in there. Or you'll see that all their eyes move around. And yes, you're laughing at the term rubber tongue. Yes. <laughs> Understandable. Sorry, I was just like, mm, don't laugh. Getting, <laughs> you're just too, too busy getting excited by the Skeksis rubber tongue. Well, I mean, I'm only human, aren't I? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like done all, still all with puppets, uh, but with modern techniques of, of doing things. And... The show looks fucking amazing because it is basically we'll, they'll do everything practically that they can, and it's only the things they can't that they'll they'll stop. I mean, I still think that the Gelflings. Um, that sounds like such a made up word. I'm I mean, gonna... all words are made up, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Excessively made up. Yeah, I'm just making sure I got the name wrong, a name right, because then <laughs> I had a, I had a moment of thing where I was like, wait a minute, Gelf's the thing from um, Red Dwarf. A genetically engineered life form. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I, I I still think that the design for the Gelflings, I hate it. <laughs> uh, for the most part, I don't know why. I think it's because they because they're just weird. I think it, it's because they're almost human, so they end up. It just looks like someone's tried to draw the Beatles, but wasn't artistically skilled enough to manage it. It's like someone made the caricatures from Yellow Submarine. Into into like flesh and blood creatures. It's like someone left like Ringo Starr in the oven. 
um, and there's something about that that kind of uncanny valleys me something something fierce. Um, they're they're a lot better in this show than they are in the original movie because um, you only really see a couple in the movie, and yeah, whereas you see a much more a bigger variety of them in the show. So not all of them look quite as bizarre to me, but this, that's entterely a subjective sort of view, uh, viewpoint on it because the. Uh, the rest of the things look amazing, and there's lots of little like creatures that appear in the background and stuff that have that kind of Henson oh, cuteness. Like the little, there's like a little tiny like Stegosaurus in a cage. Yes, he's, he's so cute. He's got like crystal spines. No, he is in uh, <laughs> the he is in the laboratory of the scientist Skektek. That sounds like a big evil corporation. Yeah, uh, the Skeksy, it, the the Skeksis that is voiced by Mark Hamill. Because yeah, the shitloads of like where you look through the list and you go, okay, so um, Captain Lorca from Star Trek Discovery does a voice. Uh, Jason Isaacs, um, Andy Samberg, Andy Samberg does one. Uh, Simon Pegg does the Chamberlain, and everyone goes, wow, I did not hear him in that at all. Is that all. like the David Tennant in that... Um, in Final in Space. In Final Space, yeah. where you just can't hear anything about him at all. Yeah, very very similar to that. And of course, yeah, Mark Hamill, who was the only one I recognised. Because you hear it and you go, that sounds like a really, like a much more screechy version of the Joker. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's Mark Hamill, okay. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Um, but I'm only two episodes through, and you know what? It's pretty damn cool. Uh, it, it still suffers from the, you know, sometimes a little hard to like grasp the universe because it's just lots of weird shit all the time. It's like playing Xenoclash. Oof, yeah. Stuff but, you want to learn, but you can't help but get overwhelmed yeah. with. But because it has more time to actually deal with these things and to build it up than the movie did, it's able to explore them a lot better, so... Yeah, I, I am enjoying it. I will watch the rest. There's ten episodes in total, and I cannot wait to watch more of them, because if nothing else, as a fan of practical effects, just watching how they've done everything is uh, genuinely kind of fascinating. So, uh, yeah. But that is is all I have done. So, Drummer Matt. The yes. Drummered Matthew. Uh, how how have you been? What have you done? I, I, Tell all. I, oh. well, okay, okay. Put it in a memoir, then read it out to me right now. Okay, right. Okay. There's a pen. Right. Um, Y'all <laughs> write it real time. <laughs> to whom stitch may concern. I really want to button match on my keyboard, but I don't know which hotkeys like stop the recording. So, I don't <laughs> not, so. <laughs> pretend that I'm button mashing on my keyboard. Okay. Oh, listen to all that button mashing, <laughs> listeners. Click, 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 click. The trick um, to doing that is that you put your uh, cursor into a notepad file and then do that. Yeah. Yeah. How I still probably accidentally press Windows something. <laughs> yeah, like Windows Delete System 32, which is a yeah. hotkey, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So I have been space trucking, and yes. I thought, you know, I should be doing more more sensible things. And then it got to... I was playing... So this is Elite Dangerous, for those who haven't caught my last... I think probably at least two podcasts where I've been space trucking. <laughs> um... So after the last podcast recording, I was sit down and I was I was playing a little bit, and I played for you know a day or two, and I was like, right, okay, what what game shall I end up getting to talk about in the next podcast? And then I accepted a mission that was to de- deliver some space tourists to somewhere like beyond the center of the galaxy, which 
So how it works is that you you can fly around like a system. So if you're in the solar system or in a, you know, there's a star and planets and things orbiting it, you fly around. But to go between stars, you do like this hyperspace jump thing. So you don't have to travel between stars because it would take forever. Yes, literally. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Um, but so, But jumping between star systems... I think the most efficient you can do it is about 44, 45 seconds because you need to like charge up your drive, do the jump and then wait for your drive to cool down, aim at the new place and then charge up the drive again. And so the most efficient you can possibly do it is about 45, 44 seconds per jump. And the place where I was trying to aim for was, I think, total there and back more than 2000 jumps. Oh, which, if you very roughly, like, so if you round down and say, right, well, that's, you know, 45 seconds is like 80 jumps an hour. But if you, like, realistically, you're not going to be fully efficient all the time. You need to stop to refuel sometimes. Which, yeah, and if anyone's played, you can do it while flying around the stars, but I'm not. I wasn't, I couldn't be bothered to do that. So occasionally I just wanted to stop. And then it gives me a chance to scan the systems that I'm in and get some data for, like, exploring and scanning things. So if you say, like, 50 jumps an hour, that's... What's that? I haven't done the math yet because I didn't want to terrify myself. In the last two weeks, I've played at least 2,000 divided by 50 is 40 hours, I think. <laughs> right. And I think it was more than 2,000 jumps because it was about 1,000 to the centre to see the big black hole at the centre. Because I thought, I'm going near the centre. I might as well pop in and just see what a black hole looks like in this game. Yeah. And then yeah. beyond the centre and then and then back. And it was definitely probably more than 2,000 jumps. But because I'd accept this quest, even though it's like, it, I had like three weeks to do this quest, because the quests have a time limit. And even though I had three weeks to do this thing, I'm going back to the UK as of when people will be listening to this three days ago. <laughs> Tomorrow for, for real time us. So I was like, okay, well, I've actually got two weeks to do this thing. And then I'm going back to the UK and not taking my computer. And then the quest will fail while I'm away. So I was like, well, it's completely meaningless. I, I could just fail the quest or abandon the quest. But let's see. Let's let's set that as a challenge and see if I can do it. And I f- I have been filling all of my spare time with in the daytimes when Ruth's at work and things with doing just sitting in space trucking, <laughs> and then occasionally like she she'll go to bed at like a normal time and I'll stay up for like an hour and just do get a, put another hour shift in. I finished <laughs> it half an hour before we started recording today. Well, wow, nice one, dude. Yeah. So I did it. Congratulations. I suppose um, for anyone who's played. Um, I'm in a dolphin, which is like a fairly low level. Like, okay, the ships that you start, you get a starting ship for free to start with, and then like the first few ships cost like you know hundreds of thousands of credits. A dolphin costs about a million. Once you get to end game, the ships cost like you know 150 million or something. Just to give you a sense of where I was in the progression of things. Yeah. So I could have probably done it quicker if I had a ship that could do longer jumps. Because if you can, because my ship can jump about 30 light years. So if you can jump longer, there's less number of jumps, but each jump, it takes the same amount of time regardless of how far you jump, because it's just like a, you know, you're going faster than light, and this, the jump just takes, I think, 15 seconds mm. or something, real time. It sounds very similar to how, like, Star Wars hyperspace jumps are supposed to work. Okay. It's very, it's not really it's, communicated in, in, yeah, in I don't. movies or anything particularly well, but they, they like, have jump points, and, mm, you know, okay. you it's like how good a hyperdrive is, is if I remember rightly. I may be very wrong here. Please don't at me, Star Wars fans. <laughs> I I don't care. Um, <laughs> but it's like um, it's like how many jumps they can make like in one go. Okay, so, yeah. How okay. that works. Similar sort so, of thing. There's different guess, classes but... of hyperdrive. And yeah. Like, so like the Millennium Falcon has like a 0.5 hyperdrive, I think. 
Um, whereas like a uh, a lot of big capital ships have like a, a class one or class two. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, how it works on this? Yeah, you can jump. You've got a certain distance you can jump, but each jump only takes the same amount of time. So if you're in a ship that can jump further, you can go a further distance in total with less jumps. So I think people, you can do the center of the galaxy trip in like eight hours. I think is the record to get there from like the main where the humans start area. Yeah. Um, it took me longer than that. <laughs> Plus, you want to stop sometime and, and, and check out, like, you know, various sites on the way that you accidentally see. And also, because it's, like, such a long way away from where everyone starts, and there's... Space is big, you know? Like, there's a lot and lot of star systems. So, basically, whichever way you go, you're going... Once you get away from where most people start, you're discovering new systems. So then mm. you get, like, the this system was discovered by Drumblebee sort of thing, whenever, and if anyone ever visits them in the future, which is quite fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, you I know was... the terrifying thing. Yeah, I've heard you talk about this game a fair bit, and whilst I've been like casually sort of interested in maybe giving it a go sometime, it is only now that you have described this absurd thing you have done <laughs> that part of my brain goes, "You should play this game." Now. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can play it. So I've been playing. Um, you can play it. It's like full online so everyone you bump into people although once you get to the center of the galaxy like there's no one there but yeah but you can jump into people so i yeah i've been playing in solo mode just because i had a few like incidents with like griefers and things you go to like sometimes you need to pick up a rare ingredient for, for to unlock something or to, for something and you go to the one place where they sell it and then i just get killed by someone way more powerful than me and I was just like, this is just, no, I can't be bothered with that. So I've been playing in solo mode, so you get all the NPCs and things. but And all the planets are sort of, if you discover a planet, it's still sort of, it's still the same world. You just don't see the other people in it, if that makes sense. Sounds, yeah. sounds perfect, honestly. Which, to be honest, because I just, after a couple of times with griefers, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I could get better at avoiding them, or I could, but you know what? I just want to enjoy it how I enjoy it, so fuck it. Um, but you can play in like a middle ground, so if you play with, you can play with friends and things, so you'll be, to get, you'll be online together, but... Without anyone else, so, ah, so the best it, version of multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so yeah, if you get it, we can join up in a what's it called, a squadron or a wing or I've never done it, so I have no idea. Yeah, no, there's there's something yeah. about um, be get you know getting to the other side of a universe that is yeah that you can go you can go big. further. So I went basically to the set. So we start where Earth is because the human sort of bubble of where the humans are is like. I don't know how big it is, but it's vaguely centered around where Earth is on one of the, you know, the wing, one of the arms of the Milky Way. Yeah, because we're like halfway down one of the Milky, Ar- uh, Mil- yeah, Milky some, arms. Yeah, vaguely. Uh, the Milky closer, Way. If you look at it, if you look at it from the top as like a, like a disc, we are closer to the edge than we are to the center, in one mm. direction. Um, but yeah, so I went into the center and then out again on the other side, basically a little bit. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just like, I was like, this is such a stupid, like I could just abandon the quest and yeah, I get, I lose. It was quite a valuable quest. Cause like I said, so at this point I just bought my ship for about for a million and I'd upgraded it with all the things there's various, you know, I upgraded like the, the frame shift drive, which is, you know, their warp drive type yeah. thing. Or there, there's, there's a casual warp drive for just flying around. Cause that, cause you do go faster than the speed of light. So it must be some sort of warp or something. But then there's the big warp drive thing for doing your big jumps. Yeah, yeah. So I'd upgraded that, and I'd upgraded all my other things to be that the lightest weight version, because if you've got less weight, you can jump further. So I'd spent, I don't know what I'd spent on that, but, you know, in the single digits of millions on that. And this quest was rewarding me 28 million. And I was like, well, that's a big jump compared, you know, that skips me a big chunk of progression right there. 
Yeah. And actually, yeah. I've just got, when I got back from my exploration data, I'm now sat on like 250 million, so I can now afford the best shippers in the game, just from this one trip. So that gives nice. you an idea of like the scale of this, this it is a big trip to do. So and that's... I will like, say that's really cool because it's effectively allowed you to forge your own little narrative there. Yeah, like totally. How your your character has, has uh, you know achieved things of it, of that they went and did this one ludicrous thing, and that allowed them. to... Yeah, exactly. That's why yeah. I really like that. Like, you can you can because you get a rank in like this trade, combat, and exp- exploration. So you can level up. You can sort of make it's just as viable. And okay, fine if you're wanting to be completely you know as efficient as possible in min maxing things there are the best things to do to get money quickly. But basically, as far as I can see, like you can, there's no good thing to do or bad thing to do. Like you, couldn't go, you can go make money by taking bounties and fighting pirates and combat people. Or you can just pick a direction and go really far and come back and sell data to get money that way. Or you can trade stuff. So you can just set up, you know, trade routes between planets and buy things high and, no, buy low, sell high, sort of, you know, that sort of gist. Yeah. And it, I mean, you, you can, can buy high, sell low. But you can. Probably, I wasn't going to work can, out for you. Very but much. it's not. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really, rec- I really like this game, and it was just such a silly little, meaningless little thing. I was just like, you know what? I'm setting myself this challenge, and now I'm going to do it. And I'm, I've done it, and I'm like, oh, that meant nothing, but it's still quite satisfying. But I'm glad I finished it because it would be really annoying if I ended up like a few hundred jumps out, but then I have to leave tomorrow morning, and I just, and even though I could still come back, I'd lose, I'd fail the quest, even and then. Also, so and even though in the end it worked out that that was actually a tiny fraction of the money I got for doing the thing, it still would have been really annoying to just miss out. Hmm. So, yeah, that's basically what I spent the last two weeks doing in any given free <laughs> moment. But yeah, it's a really fun game, and I don't think it's too expensive, to be honest. I can't remember. I got it, like I said before, I got it when they were kickstarting it, so I got it for like 20 quid or something. But I don't think it's like crazy much now. Um. But anyway, so while I was, while I was doing that, I was watching, you know, because it's a very much, uh, you have to pay a bit of attention to try and do Because if you, I turned off, the th- there is a thing, you know, when you could jump, come out a jump, you're aiming straight at the planet. And if your accelerator's still on, you just keep going and you will crash into the planet and into the sun, whatever the star is. And you don't die from doing that because there's like an emergency. Your drive cuts off when you get a certain distance from a planet or a star. So you don't crash into things. But it does do a bit of damage when you like emergency stop out of your like, light speed traveling um so it wasn't in so i turned i suppose but i turned that off because i wanted to do it as quick as possible until I, okay i don't want any emergency stopping when i come out of this jump i just want to keep going and so i had to pay a bit of attention but i did manage to watch a few things in the background while i was doing it so i have mm. a couple of thoughts on those okay so um well i mean i watched a lot of Critical Role, obviously, because that's a good, good, good background <laughs> thing to watch. What episode are you up to? Uh, I am up to Campaign 2, Episode 28, I think. Ooh, getting there. So, yeah, I, I'd slacked off a bit. Um, I'd, I'd been listening to other things for a while, and I was like, oh, no, I need to get back into this. So, yeah, making progress. I've just passed the point. I've just passed the point where the spoiler that I, the big spoiler that I knew about has now happened. So I, I don't have uh, that float. I don't have that floating over, and I won't mention what it is. But yeah, if you know no. what it is, you probably know what it is. If you know what it is, you know what it is, and try not um, to spoil it for anyone else. But oh my god! So that's just happened, which because that's been kind of hanging over me because I, I found out about that before I started watching the second campaign. So it's sort of been. And it, I didn't really mind, like whatever. Like, I don't mind that I was spoiled, but it was just sort of hanging over me. So now I'm just like, okay, now I genuinely don't know what's going to happen at all, mm-hmm. which is quite mm-hmm. nice. And, you know, that's as good as it always is. It's great. Yeah. Um, 
I watched two series, well, the two series of, I think there's a third one coming, of Derry Girls. I've heard some buzz about those. Yeah, it's... Yeah. About that. I'm t- bear with me on this description, because the first few words I say, you're going to, you're going to hate it. It's like the Inbetweeners, <sighs> but if everything shit about the Inbetweeners wasn't there. Mm? So, so it's, it's not the Inbetweeners. It's not, no. <laughs> and in, in, in the Inbetweeners' slight defence, not that I need to defend it, when I was like at uni and younger, and the, I did watch the first season or whatever, and it was quite funny at the time, and I quite enjoyed it. Like, I couldn't watch it now. I couldn't go back and watch it now. And it got dramatically worse with age. And then the films yeah. happened, and then that somehow made it even worse. Um, it has it, it has funny bits. It has issues. I'm not going to get into that anyway. But this is it's set in a you know it's set in a school, and they're sort of, they're sort of you know similar sort of sixth form ish age. But it's everything that the in betweeners isn't, and it's brilliant. So funny, good, interesting, yeah. well written. Yeah, <laughs> but also like quite deep. So it's set in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. Oh, okay. so I there's like, it was like there's just scary. like. There's there's just the like, it's not at all a part of the show, but it is. But that having being on the background is a part of everyone who lives there's lives. Yeah. So it just sort of like comes through in the background occasionally, and you'll just get this comedy scene, and then it will cut to some like a TV like clip of them saying that you know this bridge is closed because they found a bomb on it or something. So then they're just all moaning that they've got to take the long way around to get to school and things, and it's just it's just it's <laughs> sort of like real. it's very real, but really funny, but. It's got this sort of overarching heaviness to it, but I, yeah, mm. it's really it's really good, and it's on Netflix. You know, I, so I, 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 rec- no I do recommend it. Yeah, I had no idea it was like a, a period kind of piece. I, I just thought it was just a, a comedy set in Ireland. That's mm. all I really knew. So that's, yeah. that is interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really I, I'd recommend, and then you get to hear Irish accents, which is just you know, yeah, that's, that's it's always, it's always, worth it. always a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's well written, and it's got. Yeah, it's just it's just a very good show, and okay. I watched. I think there's only because it's a British series. Um, it's made by Channel Four, I think. There's like six episodes a series, so you, I watched and the twenty minute episodes. So I watched it all in like a day, basically, while talking around. Yeah. <laughs> well, all except one episode, which then because I, I, Ruth watched this before me, um, we, it was recommended by a friend, and I never we I, we never watched it together, and I didn't get around to watching it. But Ruth's been watching it recently. And she was like, "Oh, you should watch this." And then now I've she didn't hasn't finished it yet. So we were talking. I was like, "Oh yeah, I finished it." She was like, "I haven't finished it yet." <laughs> so I was like, "I've been doing too much trucking." <laughs> <God>. <laughs> but then, yeah, I didn't actually turn out. I hadn't finished it because Netflix had just decided to skip one episode. And Ruth was talking about this one thing. Oh, did you like it when this happened? I was like, well, "That hasn't happened." I was like, "What?" I was like, "I've not seen that episode, but I've seen all of it." And I look back, oh, and yeah, Netflix, nice one, just, Netflix. Netflix has been proper shied recently. It just keeps, like, missing episodes, and when I go to play something, it, like, you know, when the episode's finished, it's like, you play, play next episode, and it just plays the same episode again, and it's just like, Netflix, what are you doing? You have one job. I, like, d- yeah, ours has been okay. It's just, it's just a bag of wank. <laughs> um, but the series is very good. Um, yeah, okay. so I, I have, have to give it a shot. Um... Um, the other thing I started after watching that was I started watching Mindhunter, which is another one that Netflix has been like suggesting to me for a while. I've heard of it again. Yeah, it's it's good. I've only seen the first four, five episodes, maybe. Um, it's David Fincher who's done. Oh, he did. 
lots of other good things. I, look, I was like, I recognise that name. I look up what else has he done, and there was loads of things, and then I now can't remember any of them. He's done so um, much, y'all. Just I, I, trust I, us on this. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. There's those people where you go, oh yeah, I know that, and then like it's only when you sort of read it, you go, oh yeah, it's that thing they did, and that thing they did. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Dave Finter, he did Seven. Did you watch that with um, Will Smith? I haven't um, seen it, but I'm familiar. Very good film. Uh, existing. Fight Club, um, Benjamin Button, Social Network, Gone Girl. So, so basically yeah. nearly everything that Brad Pitt's been in. Uh, <laughs> he's been in a few of those, yes. He's not in this, well, I mean, so far. <laughs> I, I think um, I probably re- mostly recognise it from uh, from Fight Club. Um, that's the one I've seen the most mm. of those. Um, but yeah, it's so far. It's a it's a um, based around like two FBI guys who are just sort of back in the seventies. Although fashion nowadays, I was watching it. it took me a long time to realise it was the seventies, not current like present day. Okay. I was like, every, I just didn't notice that. I was like, I can't place what era this is, and it took me like half the first episode to work out exactly when it was. And I don't know <laughs> if I was just tired or not paying full attention while I was watching it. But it well, took a little everyone while. Everyone was smoking forever. It's probably in the forties. <laughs> <laughs> and if everyone but, um, looks like a dickhead it's anyone's game <laughs> yeah I mean yeah basically <laughs> so it's about these two well about this one FBI guy who ends up getting a partner so there's two of them um, and they're, it's like, they're like behavioural science type people so they're like trying to get insight into like weird murders and things so they to do that they're like starting like a side project where they go into prisons and speak to like serial killers to try and like get their perspective on things so they can learn from them and obviously there's pushback from people who be like oh you can't talk to these people they're in prison you, you know they're they're bad people we shouldn't talk to them and they're like but we can if we can use them to learn things to prevent future things surely that's a good thing and yeah i don't know where the series is going like, there doesn't seem to be like an overarching it's not like there's one big crime that they're trying to solve and that's like okay that's the overarching story for the season it's just sort of seeing them as they go along with this studying Okay, but it's really interesting so far, and it's well made and well written. Hmm. Um, so sort of yeah, like a sort of detective cop show, and there there is like you know sort of baddie of the week. Sometimes there's like they they'll go to a town to like speak to someone, and they'll because their day job is they're dig- they're like traveling round giving like behavioral psychology sort of lessons to like just random small town cops to try and help them out a bit. So then the cops are like, oh, we've got this case. Can you help us on with it? And they'll use some of their insight to try and solve that. So there is sort of little um, crimes, little puzzles to solve on the way. But there doesn't seem to be much overarching stuff, and I'm really enjoying that as a series. It's like, it's not obvious where it's going to go or what it's going to do, because it doesn't seem to be doing anything. But that's (laughs) really sort of refreshing in a way. It's not just like, oh, I mean, they're going to do this, and then they're going to win at the end of it, and then that's the series. Which, you know is a good way of making telly because it makes sense for a series to do that. But it's quite nice watching a series that's really good and really enjoyable, but just doesn't seem to be doing that. So yeah, yeah sounds, if you, if you want like a sort of cop drama type thing, but with a slightly different twist. So far, it's been quite good. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know where it's going to go and I've only seen the first four episodes. So if it, if it becomes terrible, that's not on me. If I have to have recommended it, but so far, very good. One more thing. Just, I've got a quick recommendation. Um, do podcasts come under the sort of realm of whatever we're meant to talk about on this podcast? I'm yeah, sure we do. Sure, it's probably fine. Um, no, you can't advertise other podcasts, <laughs> otherwise people won't listen to this podcast. This is so very people true. can only listen to one podcast a fortnight. It's the rules. <laughs> it's Shit. the podcast rules. There's yeah, you have to download like separate podcast app because you can only listen to one podcast within each app. 
Because otherwise the podcasts will fight. And yeah, the misanthropod yeah, yeah. will win. Yeah. Uh, because it is an eldritch monstrosity that will devour other podcasts. <laughs> Not because it's better, just no, because no. it is. it was born <laughs> wrong. It was born um, yeah. blasphemous. Yeah, like just just um, <laughs> reality did not did did not like like uh, this entity. Anyway, existing. But anyway, so podcast recommendation, uh, NB podcast. So the, it's called NB, but it's standing for non-binary. Oh, is um, it the letter N and the letter just B? The letter N and then B. I think its full name is like yeah, NB podcast. I think it's its full name. Um, it's a BBC one. But it's by someone who works at the BBC, like, behind the scenes. And they've just recently sort of realised themselves or accept themselves that they are non-binary. They've, they've, like, come out to a friend or two friends or something, but they haven't come out to their parents or to, like, the public yet. So they're sort of... They made a podcast where they're just going to talk to other people, other non-binary people and other various other people to sort of work out themselves and just to like discover themselves and then they're using the podcast sort of as a way that they're going to come out as well so the fact that the podcast has been released is them coming out yeah yeah. um so the podcast coming out was them coming out yeah exactly so it's like i've only listened to the first two or three episodes and there was like an intro episode and then there was an episode about language where they were talking about pronouns and labels and stuff like that and the then the next episode was about clothing and like you know how you're meant to dress or how you're you know how society says you're supposed to dress and then how you can go against this or just feel basically wear whatever the fuck you want but it's very unorganized because i think it's it's not like something where they sat down and had a script or had an idea of what they were going to talk about because they're discovering themselves at the same time as recording it Hmm. so it's sort of it's a little bit back and forthy and it's just them chatting to mates and chatting to people so it's not like particularly highly produced but I just found it quite interesting. It's just um, having like you know various friends who are non-binary and things. It's like it's interesting to learn about to learn to learn more about this just from like another another source, just to get a bit more of a sort of understanding myself as well. It's yeah, it's really interesting. And whether it's you know absolutely perfect because because it is them sort of exploring things and discovering things. Whether it's exactly perfect, and obviously it doesn't. I mean, non-binary by definition is a broad spectrum, right? Yeah, so it's a pretty it obviously isn't going to match up exactly with. I'm not saying you know, listen to this one person exploring how they think about themselves means that I now understand all non-binary people because that's <laughs> bullshit. But it's just you know, it's just as a way of sort of learning more about it and exploring things. I, I've, I've been I've been quite enjoying it. No, that sounds so cool. If anyone's if anyone's interested, I, so yeah, I recommend it. Um, yeah, I think that is that is me done. Um, and then, yeah, it'll be interesting next time because next time I'll be recording the podcast from the UK. Oh. <laughs> Which means, that I don't know, weird. I just have to be a bit more racist, I guess, and if I live back in the UK, <laughs> I don't really know how that works. We'll find uh, it's out. fine, it, it, won't be, <laughs> it won't be post-Brexit at that point. Couldn't we just go five minutes? Because, <laughs> like, I'm so miserable at the state of this fucking country right uh, now. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord. It's not depressing or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, as of yesterday, it might be possibly a bit better, but. Or at least the bad is delayed, possibly, or will be delayed. <laughs> And uh, by the by, the time you listen to this podcast, you'll find out exactly how misplaced or 
valid that faith was. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I did, I did like, I can't remember who it was, but it was one of the politicians when they were asked about, you know, is is not just asking for another extension, just kicking the can down the road, and it's just, it will upset everyone, it delays everyone. And they're like, yes, there is a valid point to that. But when you're given the choice of, do you want to jump off a cliff? Getting the option to do it in three months is still better than doing it now. So <laughs> I was just like, I mean... I mean, yeah, that's okay. Fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, oh, oh, I'm going to swing it back around to positive news. I got a new tattoo two days ago. Woo! I saw, and it is gorgeous, <laughs> and it I'm is, so yeah. envious. There you go. Just, uh, I wouldn't necessarily always talk about like myself on this, rather than games and stuff. But I just wanted to <laughs> via the podcast round to a more positive thing again. Are you sitting there in hot pants so you don't uh, get your No, on? but I'm sitting here in like football shorts, so like really soft shorts. So it's on my leg for anyone who just, so this makes sense. It's on like, it's on that supple my thigh. My left is. thigh, which means my left leg is shaved. Because we were going to do it on the front. So he saved like the front of my thigh. <laughs> and then we decided that it was actually going to be better on the side. And I was like, dude, you're the artist. Like you put it where you want to put it. Because then so he was like, well, it, you know, it curves around <laughs> less, less on the, on the side. So then, so like, I might, that basically the, the majority of my left leg is shaved now, which is funny. <laughs> I thought he was um, like, and so he was like, we should put it on the ass, and you you, you put you vetoed <laughs> that, but you you compromised <laughs> on the side of the leg. I think I'm just a very, I'm not a very hairy person, so I've never had to be shaved for a tattoo. Yeah, it's a weird. I I I, I keep mentioning it to people, and I'm not sure whether I should acknowledge it or not. But I keep being like, so. This is probably the weirdest part of your job right now, and I'm not sure you appreciate me mentioning it. And they're like, mm, "Yeah, but we usually don't talk while I'm doing it because that makes it weird." I was like, "Okay, well, I shut up." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So. But yeah, no, it's like funny things, like because like Wibs like never shaved his legs or anything or waxed his legs, and I was I was like, I bought a waxing kit, and I was like, "Hey, you know how some people scream and cry." Like you see some like some guys with YouTube channels basically going, yeah, I'm gonna get my legs whacked. Then they start scream like literally screaming. Yeah, yeah. I waxed like a big chunk of Wibbs' leg, and he was just like, oh yeah, that that stings a bit, but okay. Mm, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's literally how much it hurts. <laughs> it's one. So uh, yeah, those people they're uh, really playing up for it. It sounds like they're playing it up for uh, for effect. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, not that you wouldn't know that anyway, since it's um, you know. I mean, like societally normal for women to just do yeah, it all exactly. The time. I, like, I don't want to make any yeah. judgment on the channels that do that, but I'm fairly sure that people who are filming videos doing that are thinking that people are going to find it hilarious that lol, they're male and they're waxing their legs. So yeah, it's like no, like body. Oh, fuck yeah. It. Anyway. 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 No, come on. This is, we're meant to stay on positive notes. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. 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 Snipe. Okay. What have you been up to? So much. Okay. So like. Not much, but <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um, you managed to hold the the like pretend like the um, pretense for like two seconds before you. Yeah, I'm getting tired with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really tired today because I had my boxing class yesterday. My boxer size, which I hate, because <laughs> it sounds like when I go, oh, I did my boxer size yesterday. I had to have a glass of prosecco afterwards. Oh, I'm naughty. <laughs> That's literally how I feel. That's that. That will go. I didn't realise that Sia and Matilda's aunt went to boxer size. <laughs> <laughs> she does, and she fucking loves Prosecco. <laughs> that was really tasty, though, innit? Oh, God. But yeah, um, I remember talking about it last, last time and saying that I went and I was paired with a woman like a foot shorter than me. 
And during the boxing, I noticed that she was like flinching and I felt really awful. So I eased up on it real lot. This time, karma. <laughs> right. So my, my PT, he paired me with this six foot three guy who's like, who's old. And he's like, he looks like an ex minor. So he's got that old man chunk and strength. And like, fuck me about punch my hands off. It was awesome. <laughs> Oh, so is this, you, are you wearing like the pads on your hands? Yeah, you wearing, he's not just like, he's not just punching me bit. <laughs> well, no, I presumed, but I wasn't entirely sure. <laughs> I thought you would have beat up old people. Get physically assaulted. Yeah, um, so it's, it's like my, my PT was just like, he's running like a fucking fight club. <laughs> With like, I'm like the youngest person there, like all of the other people are at least like 40. So yeah, he's just like, he's like him and all the other PTs are like putting bets on who's going to survive. <laughs> Who's going to survive? Not just who's going to knock you out first. Who's going to yeah, survive? Yeah, so far I've lived a while and I think I'm earning him a lot of money, which is why he keeps being really is mean like to a, me. A, is there like a, a Twitch channel that's just running, the, is live streaming the If you told me that he was running a Twitch channel, I would believe you. Because he's got like an Apple smartwatch, so he's like doing fucking James Bond. He's, he controls the music, he controls the timers and everything. So if he was like also controlling cameras for a Twitch stream of like a like thirty plus fight club, I'd believe <laughs> you. But oh my god. So yeah, I did that yesterday and like oh my fucking PC is a demon. Planking, for those who don't know what it is, it's like you're doing a push up, but you do it like really low to the ground on your forearms and just stay there for like forty five seconds. Which sounds easy, it's not. Do it for four <laughs> minutes and tell me how fucking easy it is. <laughs> and like, there's like, like, we have to swap. So you do like, you do a bunch of squats with like an eight kilo weight uh, for 45 seconds and you swap and do planking for 45 seconds. The guy I swapped with was producing country levels of sweat. <laughs> Like, I mean, like, no shade on the guy, like, you know, everyone sweats, like, it's really intensive exercise, so you're gonna do sweating, but, like, on a rubber mat, that doesn't go anywhere. So I go to plank, and I'm skidding all around this mat, and I'm like, oh, and I literally just fucking stand up, and I move, like, two feet back, and just do it on the hardwood floor. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I am not skidding about doing that. But yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Oh, it's so much fun. But to be fair, yesterday I walked like seven miles and I swam for 40 minutes and I also did 45 minutes of boxer size. So like yesterday I kind of overdid a little bit. <laughs> but that was fun. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, there was the stream that was just... I've, we've already covered. Um, been playing WoW Classic. Mm. Yeah, you started on the stream, right? Yes. Well, I, I started a character just to kind of see, like, just to see a little bit, um, like, about, like, I think it was like half an hour before the stream or something. I was like, I'll just give it a quick go, create a character, see how that's going. But yeah, I started, because uh, on the stream I did, I was doing an Iron Man mode, which is basically like, you can't use anything above a white quality weapon, um, you can't get boosted, you can't, like, yeah, there's loads, loads of, the, like, the actual Iron Man rules are so much more intricate and severe, and I just went for, not gonna have anything above, like, a white, and if I die, I delete my character. 
um, which is like the two core kind of elements for me. Your, your, your character who is named... Mola Thief. <laughs> but yeah, I decided to go like Undead Warrior because I didn't want to go like Night Elf Rogue or something where I can just like, oh no, I'm nearly dead, vanish. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to like, if I was going to die, I wanted to fucking die. You know what I mean? Which is a <laughs> yeah. sentence I've said now. Uh, there were a few times where I got super Ooh, fucking yeah. close. Yeah. Like, I think there was like, because in WoW Classic, it's it's so much different to retail. Like, if you fight someone of your level, like matching level, if you fight an enemy of, of your level, it's like, it can still take you like a minute to kill them. And they'll do a lot of damage to you. And, like, it takes a lot longer to level up. And it's a lot harder to get money and find decent gear. It's just wow hard mode. This, yeah. Honestly, like, I've been really... I was impressed really... that you up to level... You got up to, like, level 10 or something? Yeah. Yeah, level 10. Like, it, oh, I think when I played, like... I think I played in Burning Crusade era, possibly. But I think I got, in, like, a few months, I got to level 17 or something. Yeah. So... It's, it's tricky like everyone like, I'm playing with I think the max level is 26 but he's playing like all the fucking time but all the rest of us are like level 10 <laughs> level 15 <laughs> but it's like honestly I'm really enjoying it just because it's it's well to me it's a new take on like because I'm used to retail and I'm used to like oh yeah all these things like you know you can go you can go around and you can pull multiple things at a time you basically never run out of mana. You barely ever have to eat or drink anything to regain mana or, like, health. It's just, like, you know, you're just this big powerhouse wandering through shit. Whereas in this, it's like you have to stop every few fights and have something to eat or heal yourself. Um, and it's just it's just really interesting because it's so different from what I'm used to. Because, I mean, you, you, like me, you really started playing in Cataclysm. Cat, like, like early-ish Cataclysm, because werewolves, I was determined <laughs> yeah. to fucking play it. So, like, you know, it was still a lot more streamlined and a hell of a lot easier by that point. And a lot quicker to level up and stuff. So it's, it's just like, I mean, I really like WoW, I really like the way it plays, I like the lore, I like the characters, I like the races... So it's just really interesting to kind of see that through a different lens. It's just really refreshing to me. So I guess you're not the uh, not the chief demographic for WoW Classic because no. it's, it's a nostalgia yeah. thing for most people. Well, I mean, whereas... like half the people I'm playing with haven't played since like Vanilla or Burning Crusade yeah. or Lich King at the very latest. So they're all like really enjoying like fucking like, Alpha Boost's character as a hunter still has mana. And I'm like, shit, oh yeah, hunters used to have mana. And like, I'm coming in going, hey, so shamans can wear mail. And he's like, fucking what? <laughs> and just kind of like the little bits and how Ogrimmar is completely different to modern <laughs> Ogrimmar. And like the zeppelins are outside oh, of Ogrimmar. Instead of being like in the center where you catch the lifts up. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're just on the outside, and it takes forever for them to show up. <laughs> so when, like, so you tend to play the jumping game while you're waiting for the zeppelin to arrive. So you just keep doing jumps, and then everyone else starts joining because there's about ten people there. But yeah, it's like it's 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 interesting and different. And there's no flying mounts, and I'm really wanting to get my get my war wolf. What, really, le- what level is it before you can have 14. a mount? Jesus. The 60 is max level. 40 is when you get your first mount. I'm level 11 now on my my main, who's an orc shaman. She's amazing. And yeah, it's 
Oof. But the thing is, it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's making me appreciate the lay of the land. It's helping me appreciate how big the fucking world is. And, like, you start to, like, pay attention to little things like signs. Because, Mm. like, it doesn't mark things on your map. It like quests. There's no arrow on the mini map. There's nothing like that. I've had a, I've installed a few add-ons to help me basically, like it so it shows you on the map like oh do you need to kill these things or do you need to collect things and there's like a like a sword if you need to kill them and a, and a bag if you need to collect something from them. So I, it's that's made it a bit easier. And it's like yeah, I'm just it's very engaging for me because again it's so, it's so different to what i'm used to i'm actually really enjoying it and i've mm. got like friends to play with so that <laughs> that makes yeah. everything so much better i because i'm on an rp pvp server i occasionally get people coming up to me and being like like today i was at i was in brill because I, I as an orc i'm leveling in the undead starting area because there's like color there and trees and I like it so You have to so deal much. with the fucking barons. I don't have to deal with fucking barons chat. <laughs> Ugh. That's the first thing you gotta do is leave the fucking general chats and stuff because people are disgusting. And like this undead starts chasing after me going, you there, traveller! Halt! And I'm like, what? Because my orc's a bit... She's a bit snappy. <laughs> she's an orc. She's an orc, yeah. She, she's like, what? And he's like... Uh, I, I need your I need your assistance here. My my associate and I need you to uh, to assist us with this portal. And I'm like, what? And he's like, and I'm like, you know what? Bad decisions make good stories. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna. Because I thought he was gonna be like, oh, he's gonna open up a portal to like fucking Stormwind or something, and I'm gonna pop in and die. I, I was <laughs> I was wondering what what the gig was, but he invited me to a group, and I was like, fine. And it was just a summoning thing. Mm. And, like, there was, like, his his orc bodyguard was stood there next to him. And, like, I was like, okay. So I I help summon somebody. And I summon a troll. And she's, like, here. And she chucks me 20 silver. And I'm like, fuck. Because that's a lot of money to me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I pocket that. And it's like, and once more, I'm like, fuck yeah, if you're paying. <laughs> <laughs> so I get, like, 50 silver out of this. And I'm like... This is the easiest money I've fucking made. This is fantastic. <laughs> that was great. But yeah, no, it's 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 really I've been really enjoying it. And I honestly thought it would suck. I thought it would be miserable, but no, I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's there's there's so much extras in modern day WoW. Well, modern day WoW it's is bloated. like bloated. It's yeah. it's like I mean like I still enjoy it and I like it a lot, but it's still like it's it's fun to see it all stripped back and very basic and like okay, yeah, modern... but they're also like, but like the personal like character stats are like so much more kind of like A D and D level. So you have resistances and little things. And I was I I partnered up with a guy the other day to to do a quest and I forgot about the need or greed rolling because <laughs> oh, it's not yeah. personal loot anymore. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. The need and greed system that just feels like it was put in there to cause arguments. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. I uh, honestly, it's, WoW is an interesting thing because modern WoW is like 15 years worth of n- new systems. Expansions, thro- expansions rebalancing, yeah. extra law being tacked on, extra places. But all places. of that thrown on top of each other over and over again and then attempts every five years or so to rebalance the entire thing Mm. so there are parts some parts of modern wow are really streamlined other parts you just stare at for a while and go you could entirely remove this and no one would notice burning crusade (laughs) 
<laughs> I hate Burning Crusade. But no, it's like, um, honestly, I hope they, like, I, I don't know now, but like, I'm, I'm wondering if they're ever going to expand it. <laughs> oh yeah, this mm. Burning Crusade, because honestly, I wouldn't like that at all. I'd be like, no, just keep it vanilla. You know, honestly, I would be very intrigued to see, uh, because, you know, our perspective of Burning Crusade comes from playing it Cataclysm and past that, so we played that through was it. The, that was the horrible drag, everything's yeah. far apart and garbage. But that was not how that area was intended to be played, because yeah. you were playing it with all of the different balance changes and it not being the end game content. Yeah. Whereas to play through it as end game content, maybe you'd then understand why people look back on it so fondly, because as just a place that you have to go through being honestly no more notable than like Duskward or what have you. Okay, I, how dare you? Duskward is an amazing place, and all of my RP characters who are Worgen live there, so <laughs> shut up. But you know, <laughs> it, I, I wonder if if you played through it as intended, then you would have you, you would even if you may not have the fondness for it, you would understand people's fondness. Oh, for I it mean, better. like I understand already, just because like the games like comparatively are so vastly different. It's like you know everything's a bit of a bit of a walk, which I mean I don't mind, especially because like I mean if I was playing in like fucking Duratar, I'd hate it because the barons are well aptly named. So it's just, like, nothing to look at, nothing to be interested in. Whereas, like, you know, I'm really enjoying, like, I'm moving on to Silver Pine next. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, and it's, like, it's so hard to compare them. Because I know, like, if I was playing, like, Retail WoW in that area, I'd be bored fucking shitless. And I Well, you'd w- be done by now. I'd, I'd definitely... <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be done honestly, days ago. Honestly, like, because it takes about an hour a level. Like, because my character, uh, my main is, like, level 11, and she's, like, I've been playing for, like, nine and a half hours or something. Mm. So, like, roughly, if you want to roughly gauge it about an hour level. Whereas nine hours in retail, well, I'd be level 50 by now. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> like, the way I fucking play with all my heirlooms is constantly dungeon spamming. Oh, yeah. I'd probably be realistically about level 30. But still, it's, like... Yeah. You'd be a lot further along, shall we say. I would. I'd be at least level 180 by now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Easily. <laughs> but no, I've, I've really been enjoying it, so yeah. It's kind of weird to go back to little bits that I remember and other stuff that I've only heard about and stuff <laughs> I didn't even know. And Yeah. Yeah. And also, nowhere has flight paths apart from Ogrimmar. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But yeah, no. So, yeah, I've been enjoying that. And that's me done, basically. Okay, cool. Uh, I suppose that means that we should head on over to the email questions. Should we have any email questions? That is. So, questions. What's that email address, Wiblet? It is only at snipingweb at gmail.com. There we go. Yep. Yeah. We have just three to this, this, this time. Okay, so, cool. But there's they're, they're some good questions, though. Well, okay. two questions and a recommendation. So, I, I, right. anyway. First up, Benjamin. Dear antisocial porpoise family group, I was like, "What?" And then misanthropod. Yeah, misanthropod. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 It took me a second, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure whether I should have read that out and given him credit or not. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> so recently, they attended the 2019 Necronomicon, and that's the con with capital C O N at the end. So yeah. the Necronomy yeah. Con, um, the H P Lovecraft Convention. In Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. 
I was pleasantly surprised to find a panel on the Warhammer and 40k Chaos Gods. Oh, yeah. Um, there, cool. there is a definite yeah. Lovecraftian definite influence. influence. Yeah, um, that's really and they, rare. they even had apparently a, a former Games Workshop developer on the panel. Oh, nice. Um, so they're going to ask us the same question that they asked them at the panel. So, which of the following do you find more horrifying and why? The Warhammer gods, which are sort of born out of our own emotions, or the Lovecraft gods who simply just don't really give a fuck about any humans or anything? Um, I would say that I personally find the Lovecraftian gods to be more horrifying because it is possible to manage the Chaos gods. There are ways to mitigate their influence, whereas the Lovecraftian gods, there's absolutely nothing you can do if they decide they want to do something. They are unstoppable, unknowable, like Chaos can be understood. Uh, whereas Chaos Love- has a logic to it, yeah, and an intelligence um, to it. Whereas, because like, it is, it the is... old gods in Lovecraft, are, they tend to be referred to as like idiotic or just like meandering and just these like weird, like just animals that will just go and like yeah, they'll just go and tear a hole in something because uh, they're animals and they'll go do that. Well, I think there's a distinction to be made from Lovecraftian creatures and the gods of Lovecraft. Dagon is described yeah. as blind and idiotic. Yeah. yeah. And, like, uh, yeah, I'd say, like, Lovecraft, I would say also, again, like, th- it is more scary because it's just this big, like, terrifying force that does all this weird shit. And, again, like, chaos, like, can, like chaos gods can be managed. You can understand them. There's and a certain think, kind of, like, set of rules they all kind of follow. I think fairly fundamentally it is because they are born of of like human mostly humans but uh but of human intelligence so they are quite humanized so you can sort of grasp what they want and they're more ends. personifications of emotions yeah what? than yeah. like lovecraft elder gods which are just fuck knows so not knowing is spookier for yeah me. yeah drama about what about you yeah, I mean, I agree with nearly everything. You, well, I agree with everything you said, apart from, I don't, it's, I don't. It's, I've just seen enough things that sort of trivialise the Lovecraft gods so much that they've sort of stopped being that to me almost. Like you oh, know, well, I, you mean, just, I guess people do push the chibi Cthulhu and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> so if 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 either of them were to suddenly you know spawn into our world, I entirely agree with what you said. But just as of now, just from like reading about them and things, I've seen enough. Yeah, you know, cute little models of Cthulhu. <laughs> that, that I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right now, I'd be, I'm, I'm more horrified by the chaos ones. Mm. But probably if either of them turned up in real life, I'd change my opinion pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, isn't because <laughs> Cthulhu is not actually a god. He's just no. an old one. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, I, I, I've never actually read any of them to be honest. Uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, it's it's one of those things that um, if you say if you say the wrong one, um, uh, Lovecraft fans get very annoyed at you. So uh, okay, I, I try okay. I try to not even say. But yeah, oh no, they don't like that. Um, despite me being xenophobic, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, there is. Uh, it, it has to be said. I, I was approaching it very much from the perspective of. If they were real and yeah, in our world, yeah, I do mostly. I do agree with you. I just wanted to give a different yeah. opinion. <laughs> no, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, pop culturally, um, especially Cthulhu has been very 
you know, it, it has it has been uh, nullified somewhat. Also, I mean, in in the story Call of Cthulhu, he does get taken out by just ramming a boat at his head, which is not... <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, granted, he had just woken up, and I'll be honest: if someone hit me with a boat in the head first thing in the morning, I'd probably just go back to sleep as well. I'd just go, okay, today's a total fucking wash. I'm just going to go back to sleep. <laughs> is that why we're recording this like an hour late? <laughs> someone hit you in the head with a boat. Yeah, basically. In my defence, that boat was had fucking phenomenal aerodynamics. <laughs> Okay, good. But yeah, no, interesting question. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Um, next up, a recommendation from Ineptus Astartes. Okay. Uh, a podcast recommendation. Um, they, 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 it was recommended to them, and they've been binge listening to it while studying. It's called Dungeons and Daddies, and in brackets <laughs> says, "Not actually a BDSM uh, podcast." Well, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm less so, interested in it. So, <laughs> um, it's a D and D podcast. But oh, okay. they play. Yes, that's also cool. So yeah, they play fast and loose with the rules. So if if you're going to be annoyed by that, don't probably don't bother. But <laughs> well, people yeah. have seen us play 40k. So <laughs> yeah, but in your defence, you're usually drunk. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> or like the weird quick version of drunk that you get when you're playing and drinking a lot quickly in over a short yeah. amount of time. Yeah. That wears so, off after like 20. Yeah. Minutes. So I'm not sure it technically counts as drunk, but yeah. Um, but yeah, they say they, they, if you can get if you can get over that, it's 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 really fun. Okay. Um, last up, DD with a question. So apparently, America needs to know. Okay. If you were to fuck a hot pocket, what kind of hot pocket would you fuck? I don't know what kinds there are. Yeah, I don't no, know. Well, what they kinds did help, they pockets. did helpfully send a bunch of pictures, oh, um, which I haven't then got anywhere that I can forward on to you. Um, okay, let me quickly. You check. Google hot pocket while I give my answer, and I have seen enough American television slash films to know that the inside of hot pockets are very, very hot, and I'm not sticking any part of my anatomy, especially sensitive parts, inside one if it's hot. So my favourite type is any of them as long as it's not cooked. <laughs> okay. So what because you're saying it is sounds that you... hot. the amount of mouth burns you've heard I've heard about from people okay, biting into like, them while they're hot. Okay, but like they're not saying like. Like you have to fuck it when it's at like nine million degrees. Well, just apparently, saying... that's how you, that's the only time you're allowed to eat them, according to like popular culture. Well, so... let's ignore that because that's obviously <laughs> garbage. <laughs> but yeah, uh... they look a little bit like McDonald's apple pies, and they are the worst thing on the planet. They are so gross because <laughs> so... they like deep fry them and they're just grease. So I, I, I've never had one, but just looking at it, it's just like terrible pastry with terrible filling that's far too hot. It does look pretty. Bad. So I kind of don't really want to fuck eat any of them, to be honest. Um, yeah, I guess I mean, if I fuck it, I don't have to taste it. So, hmm. I don't know. Have you yeah. found any pictures to help your decision? Yeah, so most of these look like they've already had dicks in them, to be fair. I'm going to be <laughs> honest, yeah. I'll tell Which you what. Which I the, mean, sure. The, the, the uh, four meat and four cheese pizza with garlic, buttery, seasoned crust ones do look soft on the inside. Oh, they're savoury. So... I assumed they were sweet. No, dude, they're, they're, they're savoury. Hot pockets oh, are savoury. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just... I, because I was associating them with apple, the apple pie, McDonald's apple pie thing, I just assumed that they were pudding, not, like, main course. Mm. But the, uh, the one British I just pudding, mentioned... not American the, the, pudding. The four meat and four cheese. They look soft, right? So I won't end up with, you know, getting, like, a small chunk of ham stuck somewhere. You see, I'm kind of sitting there going, what would be tastier? And I'm like, no, I don't want to eat it after. <laughs> You want one hot po- one hot pocket 
to eat and one hot pocket to Well, fuck. I mean, they won't yes. come in, like, packs of just one. So I'm going to get a steak and cheddar with garlic seasoned crust. Because then I can, like, fuck one, throw that away, have an f- incredibly deep cleanse, and then have a hot pocket <laughs> yeah. to eat. Once it's cooled down after my incredibly deep cleanse. Yeah. So you I have don't know to... why, but the idea of you say you saying incredibly deep cleanse is grosser to me than the fact that you're fucking it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> fucking a pastry, that's fine. That's cleaning fine. Cleaning afterwards, afterwards is disgusting. I think it's because the cleaning makes it real. Yeah, I think that's probably it. That's like a real logistical concern that you would have to. You'd have to make sure you didn't have any pastry stuck somewhere. Oh, yeah, that's you, gonna, you know, you just basically have to just blast yourself with a fire hose, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> just to get all that, all that like steak and cheese out. I think that is a very dignified place to leave the podcast. However, yeah. Matt, you did not make a decision oh, of a flavour. Oh, we at least put forth a flavour. Okay, you have to make a decision. Flavor. Okay, you're going to have to wait a second while I Google these things. Okay. okay. Actually, hang on. Let's bring up the Gmail. And you can cut this out if you want, or you can leave me rambling. I'm gonna, I might leave you rambling. Let's see how you um, get. Drum and Matt Gmail. Who sent this? DD. Okay, good content. Right. So the, the 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 pictures that were sent through, we have a crispy crust pizzeria, which is Ooh. pepperoni pizza in a crust. That sounds sexy. Um, Philly cheese, Philly steak and cheese. Which looks disgusting. (laughs) And it has a croissant crust, which I assume is nothing like an actual croissant, so I can't have that one having been to France. Mm -hmm. Ham and cheese, that looks... Okay, that looks alright. Is it fuckable, Um, though? Applewood bacon cheddar cheese melt. Or meatballs and mozzarella. So yeah, as I said, I'm ruling out the croissant one because it's offensive. Um, (laughs) The crispy crust... See, crispy crust might actually be useful because as long as the soft, then you've, got the, the, a, you've got a solid grip on exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. The other ones don't mention anything about the crust being particularly hard or soft. Mm. So yeah, I'm going to go with this. It's a crispy crust pizzeria, pepperoni pizza in a crust. Oh, but what if it starts flaking and you get like crumbs underneath your foreskin or something? I think that's going to happen regardless. I mean, yeah, that's something like yeah, that. that, that, that then, then you have a super deep cleanse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that's that's my answer. I think, it's but I mean, yourself down. I, I, I don't want them hot though because that's the only thing I know about hot pockets is that they're too hot, literally too hot to fuck. Well, if you froze them, you could like I don't know, like cram them in your bum. It, I guess it's like quite versatile, like you know, depending on what you want to do with you one. See, yeah, you can fuck you know them or you, you can things, not. Mm. You know when you say things on the podcast and yeah. you go. I feel that one day this is going to be used against me in court. Haha, too bad. I don't have any shame. All lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the last question, eh? That is the last question. I'm so glad we fucking ended on Hot Pocket shagging. This is great. That's the tone which we have struck and will forever remain in people's minds that that is is what we're about. if you're going to have sex with something that's been in the oven, let it cool down first. Do the elbow test before you put any part of it in you or your parts in it. As a general rule, I feel it's probably a good idea to not actually, wherever possible, not to engage in any form of intercourse with any food. Well, I mean, like, as long as you know what you're getting into and you're being safe around it, I don't think there's a problem. Yeah, but, like, a lot of it's not really designed for it and it can break off 
like Enya. <laughs> yeah, that's... like I say, mm. as long as you know what you're doing, like, yeah. you don't shove like a carrot down your fucking urethra, you'll be fine. <laughs> no. Okay, no, stop in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's gone now. It's done. Okay, the so that was a great fucking ten minutes. Thank you very much for listening <laughs> to this podcast. Bye bye everybody. Goodbye. Bye.